Hello, welcome to the West Side Podcast. This is where we'll post some of our audio from our sermons on Sunday, and we're so glad that you're here. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus step by step. We hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Yeah, so just to kind of explain the intentions this morning, okay? Um, we, I don't, I'm not going to preach at you. What I, what I want to do is I want to take you for sort of a, a glance back to when we started the book of Mark. I kind of want to do a couple things. I want to kind of uh, honor, I guess is a good word, like the people that spoke, um, when, when Brooks had left and all, and kind of just rehash up some of the things they talked about. What I don't want to do is re-preach what they already said. So that's not going to happen, okay? Uh, I just want to remind you guys sort of like the highlights. That's why we're calling it a highlight reel of some of the things that were talked about, some of the things that, that were really important uh, that were brought out of the book of Mark. So that hopefully that by the end, um, we can kind of wrap it up with a, a good feeling like we have closure with Mark. I think by the end, there'll be some powerful things. I'm going to tell you right now that in preparing for this, I literally went back and listened to every message. There's about 27, 28 of them. Now, before you say, well, although some of you did already, and I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Uh, so I, I didn't listen to every bit of every one of them. Okay, I listened to big chunks of every one of them, and I did it on two times speed. Okay, I don't know if you've ever done that. I do that in my Bible study stuff. I, there's there's a couple different guys that I use as Bible reference study things and stuff like that, and I like to get as much studying as possible. So I'll listen to them on fast speed too, and I did that for everybody that preached. So yeah, Scott, like I, everybody preached. I'm looking around like. You were very speedy. Now, that that ruined me a little bit, because now when I feel like I talk to people regularly, I feel like everybody's talking really slow. And there's times I'll be talking to somebody like, get to your point. (laughs) You know, it seems like everybody's going so slow. Anyway, so I think this will be fun to go back. I wanted to tell you that I went through that, not so that you would be impressed with me, as much as I wanted to tell you it was such a blessing. I was only going to do it to kind of sort of grab points from each people, each person's message. But as I went, I, as I went through, I, I, I was listening more and more and more than I thought I was going to. And so I'm really excited to go back over this with you. Once again, we're just rehashing stuff. I'm not going to re-preach it. I just want you to, here, here's another reason to do it is because I might say, hey, so-and-so preached on March such-and-so, like whatever, and this is what they talked about, and this was the highlight from that. Well, you might have missed that week, and it's a chance for you to maybe like jot down or make a mental note that you can go back and listen to that. Most of these uh, are all on our website, so you can go back and listen to them. Uh, you can even watch them on YouTube if you want. There's only, I'll tell you some of the ones that you can't when we get to those. There's a couple that we didn't get. Uh, anyway, so when we started, I look and I can show you, like I got, this is, these are all the notes. So trust me, we're not going to go long. Actually, we'll probably end short today, just so you know. But look at, look at, this is like, this is all of them. So I'm going to be going through paperwork like crazy today. Uh, anyway, but when we first started, Brooks was still here. Our old pastor, Brooks Rice, was still here. Uh, and he, I think, I think did a pretty okay job. 
Uh, okay, just okay? I thought I did better than just okay. Whoa. Wow. You guys, it's, it's Brooks, everybody. Hey, guys. Wow. What's, what's up, buddy? What brings you all the way to Eugene? Oh, just checking out my old stopping grounds and seeing some friends. You know, you don't really sound like yourself. You okay, bro? Uh, oh, must just be the allergies while I'm here. Oh, 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 I sound normal in Montana. <laughs> That's cool, and I noticed you really like that shirt. I see you in it all the time. Oh, yeah, I, I have five of them. <laughs> okay, well, that's sweet. What you guys doing? Still talking about Mark? Well, yeah, uh, in fact, uh, we're just finishing up this week, actually. We're, we're going to talk about it and, uh, and kind of share. And, and, and I was just about to say, like, you got it started. Do you remember that? Um, no. <laughs> well, he, you kick things off, uh, you know, with how we were going to deal with the question of really, like, who Jesus... Popcorn? When did you guys start doing popcorn? <laughs> well, well, that's, I mean, it's really it's just something special we're doing for today. Oh, cool. You guys should do that every week. That's what I said last week. It's cool to see you guys back here at Prairie. How has it been for you getting on this stage? I know you had some trouble over there at Willamette. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, yeah, Brooks, thanks. Uh, yeah, I know I haven't had any falls yet. Uh, in fact, it wasn't really a fall over there. It was more like a trip. Did you take any photos on your trip? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty funny, bro. Uh, it's a little off-putting, though. From what I can see, maybe you should be off-putting. Yeah, <laughs> Brooks Rice, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Okay. Well, that was a surprise, wasn't it? Very nice, very nice. Okay. I, I was kidding when I said he did okay with his intro. Uh, but anyway, uh, you, you guys can come out. I, I think they know. I think they know. John Range and Gretchen Steger, everybody, playing the part of Brooks Rice. The Oscar goes to... Anyway, in all honesty, I was more nervous about that little skit than I'm about, what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> so Brooks, Brooks started us off. Now I'm going to kind of, to go fast... I don't want to talk so fast and I'm like, you know, doing the two times speed. Because then if you go back and listen to this, two times speed and then two times speed like that, it'll be a... Uh, so I'm not going to do that. But I am going to kind of, I'm going to try to move through. I'm not, uh, this isn't going to be exhaustive. It's not like I'm going to catch everything everybody said, okay? This is just to kind of go back over some highlights. But it was really important on January 30th, Brooks started us in this. And it's kind of important that how we kick things off is also, oh, there you go. I forgot, we got funny pictures too. <laughs> How we kick things off is also kind of was a thread all throughout. For example, it started off right off the, off the get that Brooks was talking about, and the highlight of his message in the very beginning was, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Um, who is this guy? And then, and then, you know, what is it to be a Christian? What is it to be a Christian? Um, that we would find would start to be a thread through all the messages. This idea of who he was, and, and, and deservedly so, because that's what Mark did. But deservedly so, who is this Jesus guy? And what does it really mean to be a disciple or a Christian? That we were going to tackle those things as we went. And they would pop up all throughout this. That was one of the neat things about doing this study. 
The second week, Brooks talked about the gospel and what, what was the good news. Specifically, what was the good news that Jesus preached, if you remember him talking about that. Um, he was talking about it was not just a message of Jesus just dying for your sins and you needing that. It is that, for sure. The gospel is that. But it's even cooler. Brooks made a point to say that it was God moving from the temple building to us as a temple. That he would enter into us. He would come into us and call us his temple. We're going we're gonna to revisit that later with a different message. And that's what I want you to catch these threads as we go. Pretty cool. The next week was Super Bowl Sunday. That was February 13th. And we did a really quick one. But, but Brooks still talked about something really important. Uh, it was, it was the, the, the healing and the cleansing of the leper. He talked about that, that miracle. And that, that basically the highlight of that was it doesn't matter the depth of your sin or your circumstances or how alone you feel in them, or whatever it is, because this guy, this leper, would for sure have been made to, made to feel all of those things. Back then, they believed that your sin must have caused that leprosy. So not only did you have the stigma of have this kind of yucky disease, but you had the stigma of everybody looking at you like, what did he do? What must he have done? For Jesus to touch him and love him and cleanse him and heal him is such a massive indicator of what our God wants to do. It's a massive indicator, too, of what he thinks of people. That's huge. We'll get back to that one, too. Then, then we kind of moved on. Brooks uh, talked about what it meant to be a Christian. Uh, and and can, you have, like, can you make being a Christian kind of whatever you want? He, he kind of talked about that. And Jesus would call Christians followers and disciples. And the point there, the highlight there was that like, lots of people will call themselves Christians, but are they really followers? Are they really followers? We see that a lot today. Um, then I got to speak on February 27th, and, uh, and this, this happened. Let's create space, Brooks said. There we go. There we go. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Nice land. Yeah. That was to give you some context of the joke when we were talking about that and that I haven't done that yet on this stage. That was pretty uh, embarrassing. I don't get embarrassed often. That was good. That, that, um, that message is funny. That happened right after I gave this really like heartfelt message about um, the paralytic being healed and then... Uh, it was in Mark 2. And then mainly how Jesus was um, having, having dinner or, or eating with tax collectors. And the Bible calls them sinners and things like that. And that was a big question. Like, what's he doing? And Jesus says, I've, you know, it's not, um, not the healthy that you know, need a doctor, but the sick. And I made a point there that Jesus didn't see bad people who needed to change their behavior which is what I think sometimes where we run into problems with church. We see bad people who need to change. And when we bring the gospel with that kind of attitude, it's no wonder people think we hate people. Jesus didn't do that. He saw sick and dying people in need of a physician. A physician. <laughs> I said a physician. Lost people who needed to be rescued. And if you remember what I said at the end, we should all see people who are worth rescuing. That was, the, that was the thing. That's how Jesus saw people. The next week, 
was Brooks. Again, uh, he talked about the Holy Spirit. The main point of that there was that if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, so did we. He talked about uh, when, when Jesus got baptized and, and, and the Spirit, like the, a dove, came and descended on him. And so um, it was a big deal because another thing that happens in church, and Mark addresses this, is all the like, what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. This is the law. This is do, 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 do. Uh, and Jesus is so much more about being than doing, and he might be about changing you to be something different. Um, but in order to be a true disciple, to walk in true discipleship, we need the Holy Spirit. We need him in us to do it. Um, and that, that was the main thing with that one. And I'm just moving on. I want, I'm just trying to put all these pieces together for you, okay? Uh, the following week, he talked about demons. Um, it was fascinating because one of the things I love that Brooks said in that one was that, uh, like, the people of the time didn't really know who Jesus was, but demons did. Like, they, at the time, they had a better theology than the people that were walking on earth. Uh, but anyway, his, his main, main highlight, while, while all trials are not the result of demonic attack, many probably are, many, maybe more than we even give credit to. Uh, but we need, and that's where we, we need the strength of Christ, and we need him in us. And he, one of the things Brooks said is, he wins, and he is in us. And that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, his last message on Mark was about the new wine, and once again, coming to do something new, bring something new, because up until that point, everybody was talking about religiosity, being religious, following rules. We still do that today. We still that to do that today and miss the message. Jesus brought something new about being, not doing. If you be something, you will naturally do. It'll be fruit. The Bible calls our, our works fruit. Pretty, I mean, there's a reason for that, because if you, are, if you are something that is a thing that creates fruit, and you are that thing, you'll create that fruit, as opposed to, like, try really hard to create that fruit, which I still think that we tell people to do all the time in our, in our, in our attitudes sometimes. March 27th, that's when Brooks gave his last message, and it, was, it was, wasn't on Mark, but it was pretty cool. He was kind of like, hey, how do you give your last message? Try to... Do good, and we say goodbye to him on April 3rd. Uh, April 10th, David Eddy came, if you remember, and he didn't speak on Mark, but he talked um, just about the transition and what, what things were going to happen with our church and stuff like that. Uh, and then April 17th, AJ Svoboda came. That was Easter Sunday. AJ didn't talk on Mark, but he did such a great job of compassionately telling our church to hold on, hang in there, that this church, this church is in God's hands. It's in God's hands. And I, I just felt so encouraged by what AJ said. I wanted to throw it in here even though it wasn't about Mark. Okay. So then we transition into something I thought I found just beautiful. I hope you did too. But once Brooks was gone, now we were us. Just, okay, what do we do? And we started getting speakers. We just started, it was sort of like a, uh, I was, I was, Calling it a box of chocolates. You didn't know what you were going to get. Uh, and G, Gianna, well, she started off. Um, we have, yeah, there she is. G. We're putting pictures up just in case you forget, okay? Gianna spoke on the parable of the sower in Mark 4. Um, and, and the main point of that was how Jesus gives us a choice. We, we hear the word, but we have a choice. And, uh, and so the question was, where are you when the word of God comes to you? Where are you at? Do you have a hard heart? In other words, it sort of bounces off you. A shallow heart where it's sort of only kind of, you kind of mold it about for a minute and then pass it off. 
Um, do, you have, do you have a distracted heart where you're sort of like, kind of, you, don't, you only hear bits and pieces or not much of it? Or do you have a fruitful heart? We just talked about fruit, where it goes in and starts to make something happen. So, so she asked, you know, where, where are you when God's word comes? It was a really great word that she did. The next week was Sarah Creighton. And she, she read from the passage where Jesus calms a storm. And I loved how she talked about that, you know, she grew up with, you know, knowing the Bible. And, uh, and that just knowing the Bible, just knowing what it says, doesn't mean that you can do it so well. Especially when the trials come. Um, it doesn't mean that we're going to have the strength to deal with life or, you know, things that hit us. And so what she did that day was really neat. She put into practice not just reading the text for information, but a thing that's called Lectio Divina, which where you read the passage over and over again. I don't know if you remember if you were here. We actually did that that morning. And the idea is not to just read the text, but as one theologian put, let the text read you. And kind of, kind of really dig deep. And it was neat that she did that that day. It was, I was, it was like uh, a message of not, you know, go do, but like we're going to do it right now kind of thing. Pretty cool. Um, after that, Tyler Nice came. We always love when Tyler comes. He's awesome. Um, he talked about the demoniac. Uh, he made a joke about the fact that it was Mother's Day, I think. And he's like, oh, no, I got the demoniac. And I won't go into the jokes there, but it was pretty funny. Mark 5. Um, it was neat how it, the, the parallels to the, this man being oppressed, the legion, the, the, God, the demoniac being oppressed, was a lot like the way Israel was being oppressed by the Romans, uh, and how we're often oppressed today. Uh, maybe not necessarily, uh, you know, possessed, but how we have a lot of things going against us. Um, and anyway, uh, and, and so the, the only point he was trying to make was we're not able, just like this demonia, couldn't do anything about it. We're not able to just remedy our problems ourselves. It was a main point of his. Um, and then um, even kind of went into like being careful and asking the Lord, like what, what might, might be stuff that I actually like invite in to my own life? What might I be having really hard issues with or doesn't seem like I have any victory in areas and it might be simply that there's a something you're just you're like a literally allowing into your life he kind of talked about that a little bit too moving along um, and then I got a chance to preach on May 15th uh, the title of that one on Mark 6 was are you still with me I talked about uh, that's where John the Baptist yeah <laughs> That's where uh, we talked about the death of John the Baptist, that Mark took a sort of a little bit of a pause from Jesus just rolling, rolling, miracle after miracle after miracle, and then, uh, John the Baptist. But it was important because these guys meet after that, and they go off to a, a quiet place, I am sure to mourn, and it just made me question, it made me wonder, when they were sitting in that meeting, maybe you remember me saying this, I wonder if Jesus looked at his disciples, because they're all looking at each other with the same thought, it just got real. Like, this got more than a nice thinking thought, whatever. You know, this got real. One of our guys just got his head cut off because some little chick decided, let's ask for that for our birthday. That's horrible. And I wonder if Jesus looked at him and was kind of like, you still with me? You guys still with me? I, I'm not saying he said that because it's not in the Bible, but I can just imagine, even just the look of it, because that's what I would feel. And so we ask, we ask you guys, you know, when you go through tough times, you, know, you, you sometimes sense, are you still with me? Because this is, this is what we signed up for. Maybe not necessarily getting our heads cut off, but 
We sign up for this. We, we know the disciples went through, and if we're going to call ourselves disciples, we're going to give our lives to him. And again, back to that question, what is it to be a Christian? What is it to be a disciple? Well, ask John the Baptist when you get to heaven. Then the next week, uh, John McCallum, I loved this message by John. Um, this is one of the ones I, I probably, John, I've listened to almost the whole thing instead of listening to spurts of it. Uh, he talked about feeding the 5,000 from Mark 6.30 on, and then, and um, I loved when, John, when you said, like, uh, that, that you talked about God's consistently compassionate love, our consistently compassionate God, all throughout the Old, Old Testament and now here, seeing it come through Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000. I love that. Um, and, then, and then John made this bold, Jesus said, Jesus is what you and I need. He is what you and I need. Um, when he ended, he talked about the four-square model. Uh, the, this is a four-square church, in case you didn't know. And there's sort of a four-square model. What four-square means is Jesus' ministries as our Savior, our healer, our baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and our soon-coming king. Those are the things, and we need all of it. We need all of that. Awesome. Then we had a special guest, Keith Potter, come May 29th, talking about a matter of the heart. This would be another issue that would come up a couple times. This heart matter. Um, in Mark 7, Jesus was speaking to three different crowds, all in the same chapter. He speaks, speaks, and often all through Mark he does this, but he speaks to the multitudes, the disciples, and then the religious leaders. Uh, and in this chapter 7, um, he he, the, you, we see that. We see him address all three of those crowds. And we still have the question, who is this Jesus? Um, it's, it's, uh, he, he was just, I, I won't get into this one because I could, I could start re-preaching it. I don't want to do that. Just the idea of, of giving of ourselves 110%. There's this idea of... Um, that it just wouldn't have been, it wasn't thought of. It wasn't, being a disciple was never like, here's what I'm going to give you and here's what I'm going to save for myself kind of thing. And he even related that to marriage, about giving to marriage, that both couples like wholeheartedly love each other and give all they have to each other. And he even made a joke. He was like, well, I know that sounds egalitarian. He's like, I don't consider it egalitarian because he thinks, I'll, he, this is what he said. He goes, because that, that means that you're t- keeping score. Like, am I doing equal? Are you doing equal to me? Are we equal value? And he said, that seems like keeping score. I'm just supposed to love my wife 110%, whether she's loving me back or not. Really cool thing he said. But, but, but the idea is that being the mind of a disciple, a true disciple. Moving on. Troy Dean came. We're, almost, we're actually getting close to the end. Troy Dean came. And uh, do any of you guys remember Troy was the one that had us make a boat? While he was there, did anybody actually finish that and actually have a good boat at the end? Okay, that's not a lot of people. I didn't. I couldn't figure it out. And maybe it was just I was too far away and my old eyes or something. And I'm like trying to listen. I'm like, mm, I'm listening. I'm like, I couldn't do it. Anyway, um, he he talks about where are you at in your following as a disciple? Where are you at? And and again, doesn't we've already said that before? It's kind of neat. These different. Themes that keep popping up. And are you listening? Are you listening? Uh, and, and his main highlight was to prioritize places and times to be with Jesus. Do you prioritize places and times to be with Jesus? The following week was Steve and San, uh, Patty Bus, Mark 8, they talked from. I think we have a picture of those. Oh, yeah. That's a cute one. They were awesome. I listened to almost that whole message, too. 
I might listen to this whole one. Their main question, do we, have the, the, do we have in mind the things of God or the things of man? Um, the crowd in that passage came with this hunger for Jesus, whereas the Pharisees kind of came to try to get in another argument, to either prove him wrong or to prove themselves right. So the idea was a very simple question, but it's, again, the mind of a disciple, what is a Christian, how do you approach God? Do you approach him with just total hunger? Total open, like, need. You know, starving people don't come with, like, hey, you know, is that keto or not? Like, starving people come, like, I'll take anything you got. I'll take anything you got. That's, there's something about a hungry person coming to Jesus with that kind of mentality as opposed to, well, I just read, and it doesn't seem like you're doing that so hot. Like, there's a different approach. And so they talked about that. And so they talked about leaning in to hear God's word and know the, th- and know the things of God because in and of ourselves, we just don't know, and we, we kind of deceive ourselves. We had a worship night, and then we had our first time back here uh, on, on June 26th. Now, Deborah Clark came as a special guest speaker, but she, it was sort of a, um, a standalone message. She didn't talk on Mark, so I'm skipping her, but uh, that was awesome, too. I, did, I don't mean to skip her like it wasn't important, but she wasn't on Mark. Um, July 3rd, I, I got to talk again. And that's, when, that's the passage I talked on divorce uh, and kind of made a point that the fact that Jesus talks about divorce in the Sermon on the Mount changes sort of the way I was looking at it and I was t- hoping you would too, which was that everything in the Sermon on the Mount, especially with the hy- hyperbolic way he, he preached or spoke to these people and taught these people, uh, it was all about a matter of heart. So it wasn't a matter of just like, do you do this or do you not do this? It was like, well, where's your heart at? Where's your heart at? And if you remember, the whole point of that, um, I'll just read it. He He knows we'll often find whatever justification or loophole we can to continue and to act in a way that the Bible calls sin. That's why it's about heart. Because if it's just about me and my mind, I'm going to justify stuff. Or I'm going to like, oh, you know, this isn't, that, this isn't that bad. And we, we made a point of like, well, well, is your whole life about seeing how close to the fence you can get? Or is it about running hard after Christ? And then you might remember I used the cow illustration. Um, but I, I won't go into that now. But that's the point. Are you, are you just trying to marry up to, you can as close to the fence as you get? What can I get away with? Or are you, are you going completely after God? By the way, that wasn't on, <laughs> that didn't get recorded. Neither did the next week with Quinn. Quinn Sabota came, and I, she was awesome. She talked from Mark 9. So I had to go completely from memory. I, I couldn't re-listen to hers. But it's cool that she has one with a, little, with a kid, because she talked about the children coming to Jesus, if you remember, and Jesus talking about um, allowing them to come. And the crazy thing is that only verses later, they're, they're shunning the children. And Jesus has to rebuke them. You're like, what? <laughs> I love that kind of stuff because it's like, yeah, I probably would have done something stupid like that too. I would have forgot a couple days later. But the point is, here's all this discipleship stuff we're talking about. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a disciple? Who is this Jesus guy? And part of the deal here was we're learning here. We're kind of forming this idea of who it is. It's not about how much head knowledge you get or how your theology is or do you, how many verses you've memorized and none of that kind of stuff. In this chapter that Quinn spoke on, it's about coming to, to Jesus as a child. Like erasing all that stuff, and I, just, I need. Again, this idea of surrender and need. When you truly start to see your need, it's much easier to surrender. 
And here's these guys telling the kids, no, 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 we don't have time for you. Like, come on, guys. They got it wrong really bad there. Uh, July 17th, we're getting close to the end. Tyler um, Nice came again, talked about the, the Jesus and the rich young ruler. Um, and how, again, the young ruler was just all about what do I do? You know, it's like we are living in, a, in, in time now where we can appreciate this, but they did it then. You know, do you come to church to just go, hey, just tell me what to do today so I can be in with God and, <laughs> and we'll be good. And it's just not the idea of a disciple at all. It's just not. Um, one of the things that was so beautiful about what Tyler said that day, um, he talked about entering the kingdom of, of, of heaven that, that is actually a thing that exists now, but it's also um, it's part of our future reality, he talked about. And I don't know if you remember this, but he talked about radical generosity. He talked about radical generosity. One way that you can like really begin to know what's in your heart and what's happening in you and all that kind of stuff is to practice radical generosity and see what you really got. Um, I, I loved when he talked about that. Um, Scott Hill talked the next week. Awesome message. On the, it was when Jesus came into the, the temple. There he is. <laughs> That's pretty, that was a cool one. Um, he, t- he talked about the significance of the curse of the fig tree, but then also talked about uh, turn, when Jesus comes to the temple, remember, and he t- overturns the table. Um, and, and the point, the highlight, at least that I got out of that, um, was that this zeal that Jesus had for the temple is now within us. That same zeal, because we are his temple now. If you're a Christian here today, you've given your life to Christ. He says, Jesus says, I and the Father will come and make our abode in you, which is crazy cool. Um, and, and so you're, you're the temple. But that zeal that he had for that temple, like when we see a Jesus turning tables, like that's him in me. So it was a really a perfect day to ask, you know, what kind of stuff you might you have? In you, you know, what might you have that um, needs to change? What kind of space maybe do you need to make for him? You know, it'd be kind of nice instead of having him come into your heart and kick some tables over, you go and say, I'll just, I'll move it. <laughs> like, come on, you know, a little nicer, less violent, whatever. But we talked about that. What kind of table might be, be coming between you and the Lord? Um, Sarah Creighton came after that week, because it's July 31st, and talked about, there you go, an unexpected king in, in Mark 11. Talked about the triumphal entry, uh, the expectation that the people had that the king would come and overtake the Romans. That was one of their expectations that they, they just, uh, they, they thought Jesus was going to do, come and be political and... And he didn't. He came to bring something completely different. And her point there that day um, was to kind of ask the Lord, like, what kind, what kind of thing that maybe God is trying to get through to you? Kind of the same like what Scott's talking about. What, what he might be wanting to get through to you that your preconceived expectations or preconceived or whatever things that you have in your head might be not allowing you to hear it. And for, to, to be open, you know, to be open to what maybe God shows you. Um, it was pretty cool. So it's interesting to see that the same thread of being a disciple and who Jesus was, was running through all these things. Last, last couple, Aaron, Aaron Dressler came on August 7th, talked about the widow's offering. That was in Mark 12, 41. Talked about Jesus' heart towards the widow who gave everything she had. 
Um, the thing that rocked me, I was sitting over here. I'm sitting there, and it was as if, like, Aaron took a medicine ball. It just, like, hit me with it. And it wasn't even in his notes, I bet. And it wasn't even something that was, like, necessarily part of the message. But it, maybe you remember this. He, he reads that scripture about the woman giving all that she had. And the rich people kind of just, you know, giving what they had. Or giving what they felt like giving. If you remember, do you remember him saying, the message says it like this, that all others gave what they would never miss. Guys, that still crunches me. Still crunches me. I, I, I immediately was sitting in that chair going, oh, I've done that. I'm sure I've done that. I wonder what, I've, what, I, what have I given really that I wouldn't miss? And immediately right there, I was just like, Lord, what, what do I need to get rid of that right now I've been totally afraid to get rid of because I'll miss it? Crazy. Anyway, and then Daniel Lanning came and gave an introduction. Uh, he didn't preach on Mark, but then August 21st, uh, he talked about dealing with who Jesus was. But, um, they're, they're, again, dealing with their Jewish mindset that he would politically and militarily deal with Rome. That uh, was a very apocalyptic book. And his main point was through all these tough times that we're seeing in Mark that Jesus was telling his disciples they were, you know, that were coming, um, he said, don't fear and don't hide. I don't know if you remember him talking about how like, like his, his tendency sometimes is just to hide, could just like shrink back a little bit. But keep your eyes on Christ and his love. And then last week, last week we talked about the cross. My hope was uh, that you would see the cross for the first time maybe in a bigger picture sense. That it wasn't just a happening, an, uh, you know, an event on earth, but that there was something so much bigger happening all around it in an amazing way. Uh, and then even Mark, the way he kind of made it really step by step, just like a, um, a coronation of a Caesar, was just was brilliant. It was, really, it was really cool to see that. And for me, at least, guys, it just kind of... Um, it just, just made everything bigger. I think we need that. We need everything to be bigger. So here's how I'm going to wrap up. Okay? I'm just going to read this. And, and this is just to wrap up our time in Mark with the questions that we've been asking. And I'm going to read it, and I just want to let it, like I'm just throwing it out, and you deal with it here now or later, or t- if you have the day off tomorrow. Um, let, it, let it do something. Okay? So... Who is this Jesus? We asked that from the very beginning. And now to wrap up, Mark, we're asking it again. Who is Jesus? Who is he to you? My hope is that you see him as more, more than ever before, more than a historical public figure, more than a good teacher or a rabbi, more than a friend, more than a hero, more than a healer or a miracle man, more than a rebel or an outlaw, more than a martyr, more than a story or a fairy tale, even more than a king, more than a king, more than a king to Israel or even that region. He was the God king over the whole world, over the heavens and universe over space and time. 
He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. That's what John says. The centurion looked up at the cross in Mark 15, 39, and, and when Jesus breathed his last, you remember what he said? He said, truly this man must be the son of God. Who is Jesus? So, if he is all those things, if he is all those things, can you trust him? If he's all those things, can you follow him? Can you give him your life, holding back nothing? If he's all those things, can you forgive all or forsake all to give him full control, knowing he cherishes you and that he's worthy? If he's all those things? What is a Christian? What is a disciple? It's someone who does those things. Trusts him, follows him, gives him their life, holds back nothing. Let me be a little more graceful. At least a disciple, because this might be a better way of saying it. It's more graceful, but a, a disciple has at least asked God, Lord, help me set a course to do those things, right? That's a little more graceful. My hope is that you're on that course. Whether you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm motoring, I'm trying to do all those things, and most days are good, some days I fail, but that's okay, I'm still going, still going. Or maybe you're just a person who's just like, yeah, Lord, just help me see the target of that and start heading towards that. That's okay, too. Ask him, ask him to do that in you. The Bible says, um, in a very simple way, our gospel for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says that in Romans. And one of the things I love about that is it just says for all of sin. It doesn't start picking off sins so that we would take that as, oh, see, he mentioned that one. That one's worse than that one. No, he doesn't do that. He just says, no, y'all did it. All of you. So even if we have like our sins that we go, well, this one's kind of worse than this one or whatever. Even let's say we took those off the table. Let's say we took all the weird ones we don't like to talk about here that we feel like, oh, yeah, let's not get into that. It's okay. I give you a, here's one sin free card. You can, that sin's not called a sin anymore. Guess what? You have 10 other ones. That's the thing. Like, let's, let's just realize we're all sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then the Bible says the wages of sin, unfortunately, is death. And we all maybe don't like to hear that, or maybe that sounds wrong, but... The point of that is we all know justice. We all want justice. When we see somebody do something really horrible to somebody else, we want justice to happen to that person. So we should understand that the wages of our sin is death. It just should make sense to us. God can't just bring us to him with all of this garbage without something being done about what we've done. And so the, the second part of that verse, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is Jesus Christ for eternal life. John 3.16, for whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That, that's something that we get to have with him when we've accepted Christ, when we give our lives to Christ. And I only say that because I think it would be fitting. I feel like if Mark was here and, and we, we just ended and he, and he would have been like, you didn't even give the gospel. <laughs> you didn't even like, tell people how to, how to enter into this. It might be that you're a person here that all that sounded fine, maybe you heard a lot of it, but maybe you've never actually just gone, you know what? I want to start heading in a direction 
where, where my heart is targeted in the right way. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want my life to be cleaned up. I want to have more control over these things that seem to have control. All these things that I let my life go towards that I thought was all about freedom, and now months later or years later, I find out that it's not freeing at all. It's actually just grabbed me, and now I'm its slave. And we all know those things. Jesus can come into your life and free you of all of those right now. This thing is not just about eternity in heaven. It is that. And it gives us a whole hope for this life. But he'll, he'll come right now and begin to free you of those things. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, what your sin affiliations are, none of that. He loves you like you are. You are valuable to him. Don't get caught up in all the churches that have always for years and years and years made people feel bad about themselves. I keep hearing that and hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. That's not what we're saying here. You're not bad. You're not a bad person. God values you right where you are. Your value in him is what makes you amazingly wonderful to me, even though I may not even know you. I can look at you and just go, God values you. It just so happens that we were sick. We got this stuff in our lives. We just, it makes us do stuff we don't even want to do. It's called sin. Don't, don't religify it. That's what it is. Jesus wants to clean you up, take your life, change it, make it new. The Bible talks about you becoming a new creature in Christ. It's amazing. So that's Mark. And we're done. And we're going to, next week, um, I don't know, Daniel's going to come and talk to us, and it's going to be awesome. I don't know where we're going to go as far as, uh, you know, like if we're going to go through another book or something like that. We'll see. We'll see. But just keep on praying about the process. Keep praying for West Side, where we're going. I think things are like, there's things happening. I, I can tell you that. I know things are brewing. Like when you look at, you pull the, you pull the lid off the, you know, the crock pot, and things are happening. You put it back on. That's where we're at right now. It's bubbling. Pull the top off, bubbling. Okay.